0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at Chumba ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. In the house in every way she could. But the waters of housekeeping had closed over her place during the time of her absence at Mr. Bradshaw's. And besides, now that they were trying to restrict every unnecessary expense, it was sometimes difficult to find work for three women. Many and many a time Ruth turned over in her mind every possible chance of obtaining employment for her leisure hours, and nowhere could she find it. Now and then Sally, who was her confidant in this wish, procured her some needlework, but it was of a coarse and common kind, soon done, lightly paid for. But, whatever it was, Ruth took it, and was thankful, although it added but a few pence to the household purse i do not mean that there was any great need of money but a new adjustment of expenditure was required a reduction of wants which had never been very extravagant ruth's salary of forty pounds was gone while more of her keep as sally called it was thrown upon the bensons mr benson received about eighty pounds a year for his salary as minister of this he knew that twenty pounds came from mr bradshaw and when the old man appointed to collect the pew-rents brought him the quarterly amount and he found no diminution in them he inquired how it was and learnt that although mr bradshaw had expressed to the collector his determination never to come to chapel again he had added that of course his pew-rent should be paid all the same but this mr benson could not suffer and the old man was commissioned to return the money to mr bradshaw as being what his deserted minister could not receive mr and miss benson had about thirty or forty pounds coming in annually from a sum which in happier days mr bradshaw had invested in canal shares for them although their income did not fall much short of a hundred a year and they lived in the chapel house free of rent so. Ruth's small earnings were but very little in actual hard commercial account, though in another sense they were much, and Miss Benson always received them with quiet simplicity. By degrees, Mr. Benson absorbed some of Ruth's time in a gracious and natural way. He employed her mind in all the kind offices he was accustomed to render to the poor around him and as much of the peace and ornament of life as they gained now was gained on a firm basis of truth if ruth began low down to find her place in the world at any rate there was no flaw in the foundation leonard was still their great anxiety at times the question seemed to be could he live through all this trial of the elasticity of childhood And then they knew how precious a blessing, how true a pillar of fire, he was to his mother, and how black the night, and how dreary the wilderness would be when he was not. The child and the mother were each messengers of God, angels to each other. They had long gaps between the pieces of intelligence respecting the Bradshaws. Mr. Bradshaw had at length purchased the house at Abermouth and they were much there. The way in which the Bensons heard most frequently of the family of their former friends was through Mr. Farquhar. He called on Mr. Benson about a month after the latter had met Jemima in the street. Mr. Farquhar was not in the habit of paying calls on any one, and though he had always entertained and evinced the most kind and friendly feeling towards Mr. Benson, he had rarely been in the chapel house. Mr. Benson received him courteously, but he rather expected that there would be some especial reason alleged before the conclusion of the visit for its occurrence, more particularly as Mr. Farquhar sat talking on the topics of the day in a somewhat absent manner, as if they were not the subjects most present to his mind. The truth was he could not help recurring to the last time when he was in that room, waiting to take Leonard a ride, and his heart beating rather more quickly than usual at the idea that Ruth might bring the boy in when he was equipped. He was very full now of the remembrance of Ruth, and yet he was also most thankful, most self-congratulatory, that he had gone no further in his admiration of her that he had never expressed his regard in words that no one as he believed was cognizant of the incipient love which had grown partly out of his admiration and partly out of his reason he was thankful to be spared any implication in the nine days wonder which her story had made in eccleston and yet his feeling for her had been of so strong a character that he winced as with extreme pain at every application of censure to her name these censures were often exaggerated it is true but when they were just in their judgment of the outward circumstances of the case they were not the less painful and distressing to him His first rebound to Jemima was occasioned by Mrs. Bradshaw's account of how severely her husband was displeased at her daughter's having taken part with Ruth. And he could have thanked and almost blessed Jemima when she dropped in. She dared do no more, her pleading excuses and charitable explanations on Ruth's behalf jemima had learnt some humility from the discovery which had been to her so great a shock standing she had learnt to take heed lest she fell and when she had once been aroused to a perception of the violence of the hatred which she had indulged against ruth she was more reticent and measured in the expression of all her opinions it showed how much her character had been purified from pride that now she felt aware that what in her was again attracting Mr. Farquhar was her faithful advocacy of her rival, wherever such advocacy was wise or practicable. He was quite unaware that Jemima had been conscious of his great admiration for Ruth. He did not know that she had ever cared enough for him to be jealous. But the unacknowledged bond between them now was their grief and sympathy and pity for Ruth. Only in Jemima these feelings were ardent and would fain have become active, while in Mr. Farquhar they were strongly mingled with thankfulness that he had escaped a disagreeable position and a painful notoriety his natural caution induced him to make a resolution never to think of any woman as a wife until he had ascertained all her antecedents from her birth upwards and the same spirit of caution directed inwardly made him afraid of giving too much pity to ruth for fear of the conclusions to which such a feeling might lead him but still his old regard for her for Leonard, and his esteem and respect for the Bensons, induced him to lend a willing ear to Jemima's earnest entreaty that he would go and call on Mr. Benson, in order that she might learn something about the family in general, and Ruth in particular. It was thus that he came to sit by Mr. Benson's study-fire, and to talk in an absent way to that gentleman. How they got on the subject he did not know, more than one-half of his attention being distracted. But they were speaking about politics when Mr. Farquhar learned that Mr. Benson took in no newspaper. Will you allow me to send you over my times? I have generally done with it before twelve o'clock, and after that it is really waste paper in my house. You will oblige me by making use of it. I am sure I am very much obliged to you for thinking of it. But do not trouble yourself to send it. Leonard can fetch it. How is Leonard now? asked Mr. Farquhar, and he tried to speak indifferently. But a grave look of intelligence clouded his eyes as he looked for Mr. Benson's answer. I have not met him lately. No, said Mr. Benson, with an expression of pain in his countenance though he too strove to speak in his usual tone leonard is not strong and we find it difficult to induce him to go much out of doors there was a little silence for a minute or two during which mr farquhar had to check an unbidden sigh but suddenly rousing himself into a determination to change the subject he said you will find a rather lengthened account of the exposure of Sir Thomas Campbell's conduct at Baden. He seems to be a complete blackleg, in spite of his baronetcy. I fancy the papers are glad to get hold of anything just now. "'Who is Sir Thomas Campbell?' asked Mr. Benson. "'Oh, I thought you might have heard the report—a true one, I believe—of Mr. Dunn's engagement to his daughter.' he must be glad she jilted him now i fancy after this public exposure of her father's conduct that was an awkward speech as mr farquhar felt and he hastened to cover it by going on without much connection dick bradshaw is my informant about all these projected marriages in high life they are not much in my way but since he has come down from london to take his share in the business I think I have heard more of the news and the scandal of what, I suppose, would be considered high life than ever I did before, and Mr. Dunn's proceedings